Alright, Creatures of the Night, welcome to episode 70 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to welcome you to yet another round of Dead Man Talking. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my fellow Creature of the Night, my wrestling buddy, some people call him the Lost Dudley Boy. My man, Travis White. Travis, what Yo, yo, pick up the phone. What's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I actually called me snowed in, Dudley. Dude, I, we are recording this a day later than normal because I was snowed in this weekend in a cabin in the woods. It was basically how every horror movie starts. Uh, a bunch of <laughs> bunch of southerners from Georgia snowed into the mountains with no four-wheel drive trying to get out. So, whew, man, I was a little behind on my talking taker research, but here we are, man, getting this thing done, getting it to you creatures of the night on time. Excuse me, rewind, on tizime. Check the tizime, brother. <laughs> Check the tizime, brother. <laughs> that never gets old to me. Ah, the snowman cometh. <laughs> yes, he did. He came, well, yeah, because we were, I think I was uh, trash-talking him last week. So he, and during the Royal Rumble, so he came back with tossed, a vengeance. Tossed that bowling ball right at your beanbag. <laughs> he did <laughs> theoretically. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So uh, hypothetically, he did. So yeah. Well, last week Ooh. we did cover the Royal Rumble 2001 in our watch along form, and we uh, appreciate everybody listening to that. We enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. But we're moving on on this encyclopedic exploration to the next chapter of The Undertaker's career to a kind of a strange one. When you just look at it on paper, you're going through the spreadsheet of Undertaker matches that uh, that we drew up, or if you were just trying to look through them, this one kind of stands out, maybe forgotten by a lot of people, but it's The Undertaker and Kane teaming up yet again in a triple threat tag team tables match against Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys from February of 2001. This one kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't it, buddy? Dude, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. man. Like, I remember the Royal Rumble. I know WrestleMania, but this, like, I remember this show for the three stages match with Austin and Triple H, and I remember the Fatal 4-Way IC title match. I was looking forward to that so much because three out of four of those guys are for my favorite workers. Then you got X-Pac, who was getting <laughs> X-Pac heat. This is the this is the lame X-Pac that we've now oh, grown yeah. to love. But anyway, um, I remember those two matches clearly, vividly. And uh, but this one, man, I had no idea. This one's like uh, did not show up in my radar in my memory bank. So. And it's and we'll get into it here. It's weird because this whole month of build up is kind of split between two different feuds. One feud yeah. doesn't make it to the pay per view, so it's all kind of mumbled and jumbled together. And it's weird because it's WrestleMania season, and none yeah. of this really is going to have anything to do with WrestleMania. And it feels like the whole WrestleMania card. You know, we're so used to having it being focused. You know, in your head, it seems like oh yeah, they build up WrestleMania at least from January all the way to March or April, sometimes even longer, but none of this, man. It's like they have no idea what they're doing. And so we'll 
theorize about some of that here, but uh, before yeah. we get started, man, I do. Uh, we usually do this at the end of the show, but I wanted to shout out some of our creatures of the night here at the beginning because, uh, I mean, you were talking before the show even started. I mean, I feel like the creatures were really just bringing it on social media this week. Yeah, man. man. A lot of great fan interaction from the show. Uh, our uh, One of our listeners, Dolores Hooper on Twitter. AKA D-Lo Hoop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, her, that's her new nickname, Dolores. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she shouted us out listening in the uh, line at the House of Hardcore show, Heck number yeah. one. <laughs> and then, Travis, you brought up the Undertaker.com website last week, and we, we tried to search it out, and it just redirected to WWE.com in 2018. She went the extra mile and threw it into the Wayback Machine and found like a screenshot of the actual 2001 <laughs> Undertaker.com homepage. Oh. And that was just awesome. Awesome to see that. Thank you for throwing that out there. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, I went back and checked that out too. I had never, I didn't know what Wayback Machine was, man. Yeah. I'm so out of touch. That's pretty cool, dude. Dude, you can so. dig up your old MySpace page. I can. <laughs> did I have one? Check I, think, your top I don't know eight. if I did. Oh, you did. You did. <laughs> I probably did. So did your band. Oh, we did. Yeah, yes, we did. Right. That's uh, a lost little pearl in memory, though. <laughs> anyway. Shout out also to Sam Valenti, who uh, was promoting us on Twitter. Uh, to Robert AKA Cooler. A.K.A. Sammy V. Sammy V. <laughs> Robert Cooler, a.k.a. Ecto Cooler. We'll call him that. Uh, shouting us out yeah. on uh, Facebook, talking about Raven. We were discussing some of his uh, his WWF run over there. Oh, uh, man. Of course, shout out to the Bottom Line podcast, our uh, brother podcast, going through Steve Austin's career. Uh, they continue to put out uh, all their episodes They're in the midst of '97, so that just man, maybe the best part of Austin's career, maybe the peak right there. I don't know. Yeah, the uh, rise of Stone Cold, you know. Absolutely, and thanks for buying a T-shirt, guys, and supporting us over there on TeePublic.com. Uh, shout out to the Heel Town podcast and St. Ridley Santos. They put some cool stuff of the Undertaker up on Reddit. Uh, his earliest interactions in the or earliest mentions in the wrestling observer newsletter they dug those up back from like uswa and texas and stuff in there so that was pretty neat to see that and uh maybe we'll talk about some of those early days here in a little while in a bonus episode uh of course randy turco jeremy bagley all the all the usual suspects always bring the good contact we just had so much of it so we appreciate everybody on twitter facebook instagram at talking taker come be a part of the conversation if you're listening to the show uh, we love interacting with you on all those different platforms, and they're all different. We've got a different community on all those. We post different stuff on all, the, all those. So if you use all those, we encourage you to like us and follow us and interact with us on all those. And we'll, uh, we love to plug your stuff and interact with you as well. Bingo. Got nothing else to say. Wrap it up. Only thing I can say is who is Kaiser Sose? You said usual suspects. That's all I got. Indeed. <laughs> You became a dad of a third child, and your your dad jokes like exponentially multiplied. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> coming in each, stronger than ever. One. Yeah, with each each child, your dad jokes get yeah they, they go up uh, like exponential notch. You I mean, know? you had a pension for them before you even had kids, but I feel like they've just gone through the roof, man. Oh man, absolutely. They definitely. Have. I'll have more. Don't worry. There'll be more. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's hop in the time traveling motorcycle, hop in that sidecar, and head on back to January of 2001 as we travel to the build-up into No Way Out 2001. Going to a historic episode of Raw right here, Raw episode 400. 
Yeah, that's pretty neat. January twenty second, cool. two thousand one, the night after the O one Royal Rumble, and if you'll remember, uh, as we talked about last week's episode, in that Royal Rumble, Haku made that leap from WCW. Technically, I guess you could say the last guy in the, to jump over in these Monday Night Wars over to WWE is teaming up with Rikishi now. These Islanders, these Samoans, <laughs> forming a strange tag team. What a trivia question. Who is the last guy to jump from WCW to WWF? No one's going to say the man they call me. How about it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, anyway. They are going to continue this feud with The Undertaker and Kane, who we saw really align during last week's episode. Kane's going to fight Rikishi on this episode of Raw, and Haku is going to interfere in the match. And, you know, just to reiterate again, it is absolutely wild to see Haku in the WWF in the year 2001. Uh, and this is his best look, in my opinion. Dude, he's got the, the fro, he's got the gold, silky pants, pajama pants on, man. Silk pajama pants. Oh, man, I love it. But, uh, unfortunately... He's going to kind of screw himself up here, and it's going to be interesting to see the quick rise and fall of this team here, and I think this might play a part in it, because Kane chokeslams Rikishi, and uh, he's got the pinfall on him, but Rikishi's forced to kick out at two, because Haku is late for the run-in, man. You can tell mm. it's screwed up here, that uh, Haku's supposed to break up the pin, so Rikishi doesn't have to kick out of Kane's chokeslam, but... Uh, He's, I don't know, I guess the rampway's longer in WWE or something. He's just late to the party. Well, that, you know, their ring's 20 by 20 rather than six, or 18 by 18. You That's know, true. WCW, so. That's a good point. He's not used to it, so. <laughs> Thought he had a little bit of, I don't know, that actually would work the opposite way. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Touche. Uh, they lay a beating on Kane for a little while before Undertaker makes the save for his brother. And uh, it's interesting, Aku and Rikishi, they stay on their feet for a long time. Undertaker's throwing those soup bones at him. But uh, Haku, he stays standing for a long time, but, but he, uh, Taker eventually takes him out, and Taker and Kane celebrate together with their little uh, pyro music combination. Kane does the pyro, Undertaker's music plays here. So they uh, walk out standing, but Rikishi, uh, they cut to him backstage after the commercial. He's fuming about everything, and he's going to challenge Undertaker to a no-holds-barred match on SmackDown to keep this feud rolling. <clears throat> yeah, we'll definitely keep it rolling on SmackDown here. We got SmackDown 75 from January 25th, 01. And Taker actually opens up the show um, riding down on his motorcycle for a match against Quiche here. So, And uh, I just wrote my notes, too, that he should open the show more often because this crowd, they go nuts, man. I don't know <laughs> if they're sweetening the sound or what, but like to see Taker at this point open up a show, man, it's just, I don't know. It's really cool. Like the, Opening up with a match, it's just it's neat. The crowd is definitely into it super hard. So. Love yeah, I, uh, I I watched this episode of SmackDown because I couldn't remember if I was supposed to watch Raw or SmackDown at first. And <laughs> did you catch the uh, the fan in the crowd with the sign that said Undertaker colon? <laughs> He's trying to say Rollin' Rollin' Rollin', but it says Rollin' Rollin' Rollin'. No. <laughs> it spells it E in. Big giant sign. Oh man, like that's one of my favorite things in wrestling is see misspelled signs. Is like such passionate fans of wrestling. We they, we've got to be the dumbest people on the planet to write us. I'm including myself in, in this. Thing. Like we'll write signs and be on national television with the poorest grammar in the world. Absolutely. It's like oh man, keep rolling, rolling, rolling. So my I'm favorite keep is uh, 
it's like a SummerSlam 89. This dude in the crowd says, uh, it's when Brutus Beefcake's in the main event, and the sign says, Burtis rules. Yeah. <laughs> Burtis. <laughs> it's like, just use phonetics. Sound the word out. Like, let's teach my six year old. Burtis. No, Brutus. Oh, man. That's amazing. Anyway, well. Taker, I just I just wrote two of my notes as we're you know we're talking about his evolution. I don't know when this actually occurred, but I just noted that he's definitely his entrance is now complete when he does those. You know, he goes to three sides of the ring and puts his arms in the air because I feel like he's been doing a little bit different stuff, but um, now he's definitely he definitely that's his official like entrance at this point. So I don't know when it officially moved to that, but um, anyway, because we're kind of covering half and half shows here, yeah. but. You know, it's just neat that, you know, we've been talking about his different entrances and his garb and his attire, and we'll continue to cover that because there's some, some crazy garb coming up here soon. There is, but, you know, <laughs> uh, up until the pay-per-view, it kind of seems like he's got more of a uniform garb going yeah. on here of late. You know, he's kind of wearing his street clothes those first few months, but now it's sort of like he's transitioned to the, the black spandex tank top and the the leather pants or whatever. Yeah, uh, so black leather pants or whatever. But uh, I guess... <laughs> He was waiting on this pay-per-view yeah. outfit to come in yeah, in, in the exactly. mail. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Everybody's got their WrestleMania outfit. These guys <laughs> no way out. We call this no way outfit. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> there's another dad joke for you. So anyway, he's gonna have this no holds barred match with uh, Rikishi, and they start brawling in the aisle. Um, Haku interferes after a running DDT because if you guys remember, that actually finished off Rikishi a couple weeks ago. <laughs> So right. Haku knows the peril that his tag team partner is in. So he interferes, causing DQ. And then um, I wrote here, I'm just going to call them Hakishi. I believe you called him Hakushi in your notes. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think is the right way to do this? I like, I mean, uh, Hakushi is another wrestler, but. Right. That's why we want Hakishi, but I don't know. But Hakushi <laughs> is, is a good uh, mix up of both. Both good so. team names. Both great. So Hakishi hit the double headbutt on Taker and then beat him up until, of course, his brother's pyro goes off. And Kane, dude, runs to the ring like he's, I don't know, in a race or something. He's, he runs down trucks. I've never seen him run like that before. So he goes nuts on both the, the island island boys here. And uh, Taker gets up and they both take out the Islanders because, you know, we can't have these new guys get over. Um, Got to have the old, the old uh, stalwarts get over. So. Anyway, then um, Taker actually raises Kane's hand as they do the, um, you know, the kind of mashup of the p- ring post pyro and music and stuff. So, and I just wrote, man, like the crowd loves this, and it looks like they're, you know, they're definitely officially together at this point. I don't think they're called the Brothers of Destruction officially yet, but uh, that word destruction keeps getting thrown around every now and then. But he's seeing him raise Kane's hand, you know, and the crowd just goes bananas. It's just crazy. So, oh yeah. Um, Really cool stuff. And that's not it. This, this, this episode's actually kind of packed with these guys. So um, the main event is actually Kurt Angle defending his, his title against Kane, which I think is because Kane had the most eliminations. I believe that's the storyline okay. kind of there. Okay. Um, I'm not – but uh, t- basically, man, Team Kangle, your old favorite, they're exploding here. Dude. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, – but it's funny because beforehand, Angle's on the mic, and he's like talking about, I respect your abilities and – as a former WF champion for about 12 seconds. So <laughs> just throwing him under the bus there. And he talks about how he's burned and all this stuff. And he has bros, but he never burned their faces and stuff. So anyway, <laughs> he, uh, they take a page out of the Undertaker book and they actually start brawling in the aisle as well. And um, as this happens, we see uh, Taker watching on an oval monitor in the back and Hakishi both uh, ambush him. 
And uh, I'm going to go ahead and have a call back to a few episodes ago, and they give him a backstage assault, a WCW backstage assault, if you will. Mm. So, um, yeah, they're killing him backstage and uh, beating him up and throwing him into the garage door, and uh, Rikishi hits him with his biggest assets that he has. And um, I mean, Haku's then... in spot. He was just there in WCW, so I mean, that's where he learned it. <laughs> it's true. Hey? It's true. He's that's probably in thought... that video game. That's how he thought things worked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know what? He was never in a WWF video game at this point. Like, I, I can't remember him being. Ever, unless he's on one of those early arcade games, which he might be, like WrestleFest. I or can't. Yeah. Something. I can't. I know Andre is. Yeah. Hmm. Dang, that's what a lost opportunity. But yeah. Anyway, so they they come out and interfere during this match and nail Kane with two chair shots and a thrust kick um, behind the referee's back, which allows Kurt Angle to cover for the win. Uh, so he beats Kane, uh, not cleanly, obviously, and then Hakishi go double team him, and then Taker kind of saunters out because he's brutalized from that backstage assault, and they uh, double headbutt him, and Rikishi hits the bonsai drop on him, and basically SmackDown goes off the air with um, Kane and Taker laying there on, in the ring, and uh, Rikishi and Haku are just kind of walked up the aisle, and can't believe I just typed that. So, but it is what it is, or I typed that and said that. So. Um, commentary is basically putting over how no one has ever left Taker and Kane like this. So, um, which you know we hear that every six months it seems. So yeah, <laughs> but, every six but days. But they're trying to seems... put yeah, but they're trying to put these guys over. You know, so I don't know. Dude, they were pushing deal. Haku Rikishi super super hard. Man, it's yeah. it's crazy to see they they end the show standing tall here. Um, yeah, and okay, so we're one week into this build here, and yep. it it looks like. Pay-per-view match should be Undertaker and Kane versus Hakishi. Hakushi. Exactly. Whatever you want to call it, man. Exactly. It's headed straight there. Um, not so fast, my friend. All right. Not going to happen. Uh, we're going to get a little more build-up to it, though, here. Uh, Raw episode 401, January uh, 29th, 2001 here. Uh, Undertaker one-on-one with Haku again in the year 2001 on Monday Night Raw. Still crazy here. Uh, wow. Both guys coming out with their respective tag team partners. Uh, Kane apparently has injured ribs after SmackDown. And uh, Haku comes out to the Head Shrinkers old music. And obviously Rikishi is excited about this because that's his old music. Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a head shrinker. Uh, that's right, man. Haku is announced by the ring announcer at 268 pounds, and JR is bewildered by this. He says, <laughs> what? He, he like, it's like, what did they just say? If that man's not over 300 pounds and I'm not wearing a black hat. <laughs> He's <laughs> incredulous at this, yes. Uh, this, uh, this match, though, it, again, it's just, it, it seems like they want to book Haku strong, but, you know... Uh, this match kind of it confused me. It frustrated me because I would think you'd want to. You, you would think they would book this as like two monsters going against each other. Undertaker right. and Haku. You got this new guy coming in the company. He's got this. You know, he's got the reputation of. And they talk about it on commentary. He's got the reputation behind the scenes being the strongest guy. But, dude, Haku bumps all over the place for Undertaker here. And make any sense? No. I mean, Taker's the legend, and I get that, but. You've also got you want to put the new guy over strong, uh, but he like one punch knocks him down. But, uh, he, like bumps and feeds, bumps and feeds for Taker mm. at the beginning. Like that's weird. Uh, it was weird. It was weird. Uh, Haku does kind of get control here for a little while. Um, 
Haku gets a big kick to take Undertaker down. Kane and Rikishi start fighting on the outside, uh, and that distracts Haku. Undertaker gets a choke slam for a win over the new guy in the company, Haku, here, right there. So kind of pretty much killing that momentum right out the gate. Yeah, let's do a DQ, do a count out, do something screwy to not have anybody take a pinfall. Exactly. You know? Uh, it didn't get Haku any more over to no, lose this match. No, it didn't help build their – and that's why it or seems taker. like they've already decided, well, we're not doing this at the pay-per-view anymore. Like something <laughs> right. happened, whether it's missing that run-in or just him, you know, the fans not responding to him in that same way. It seems like they've already changed course here. Uh, yeah. But Rikishi hops in the ring and Haku gets a chair shot on Undertaker. They hit Kane in the ribs with a chair. Um, and Team Hakishi stands tall, but uh, – Taker is uh, not done with him yet. He hops back in the ring and sends the Samoans packing, sends them walking out of here. And uh, Taker is bloodied up just a little bit. He gets a little trickle of blood on his forehead in this brawl. It gets rammed into the uh, turnbuckle or into the ring post on the outside. So he's going to be busted open a little bit. And that's going to lead to this promo backstage. Um, this was something else, man. <laughs> uh, Undertaker and Kane are talking to Kevin Kelly in the back and Undertaker says, I mean, he's fired up here, man. He says, there's been too much talking going on. Uh, he rattles off all his catchphrases that he's been debuting here over the past few weeks. All his new catchphrases he's trying to copy oh, the rock. Yeah. <laughs> he says, there's been too much talking going on, including myself. Uh, but I'm not about talking. I'm about kicking butt. And uh, Undertaker says he's tired of these island boys trying to make a name for themselves at his expense. Uh, and he points to the blood on his head. He taps the blood. He says, bleeding doesn't bother me. In fact, it turns me on. Uh, so we get to the bottom of... Yikes. Yeah. Undertaker's uh, <laughs> desires here. You see this? This? This don't bother me. I like it. I like the bleed. It turns me on. Uh, but what turns me on more is making other people bleed. And Thursday night... Rakishi, Haku, you're going to bleed, and you're going to bleed, and then you're going to bleed some more. Tell him, Kane. Uh, and challenges Hakishi to a first blood tag team match on SmackDown. Uh, you know, if they have a set to actually show up here. That's, uh, sounds like he's channeling himself before that uh, Armageddon Hell in the Cell where he wanted to like, eat people's flesh and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. He's going in the zone, man. <laughs> It's getting dark. And then uh, he pulls uh, Road Warriors here. And goes, He says, uh, tell him, Kane. <laughs> like uh, Animal talking to Hawk. <laughs> and then uh, Kane pretty much just reiterates that Haku and Rikishi are going to bleed on Thursday. And this promo, worth going out of your way. 60 seconds of Undertaker talking about what turns him on. And Yeah. If we had sponsors, we'd probably be talking about Blue Chew right now. But uh, big, we big, don't. So. Big Red Machine. Oh, my. <laughs> big, big Red Chew. Hey. Uh, man, so Kane didn't say uh, what a rush after that. I thought he was about to. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> he would have. That'd have been amazing. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, man, this was leading into <laughs> SmackDown Extreme. So I remember this. Do you remember this episode? Absolutely. SmackDown Extreme. So good. And I, SmackDown. I went back and watched this too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wanted to. I, I just yeah. wanted to rewatch SmackDown Extreme. Yeah, man, SmackDown 76 on February 1st, 2001 is SmackDown Extreme. Basically, let me explain why. Those of you who weren't paying attention back then, it's because the XFL was debuting in two days. Um, I, dude, I cannot put over how excited you and I were about the XFL. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> don't, don't throw me in on this. 
dude, we watched the first game. <laughs> I don't remember this. Dude, we watched at your house on a little tiny TV in your kitchen. <laughs> we made, uh, like, bagel bites or whatever. We watched it there. I remember, remember that little tiny TV in your parents' I kitchen? I do, yeah. Yeah, right. we watched it there. Because okay. they were watching TV in the living room. So <laughs> we made bagel bites or something and, and watched. It could have been the set. It was one of the, it was the afternoon game. Okay. Um, we watched He Hate I don't Me. Know, I just, yeah, well, He Hate <laughs> Me, so... Because this was the weekend before your birthday, so I'm sure we yeah. did something for your birthday that weekend, So, um, which you'll get to in just a minute. But, yeah, so this was SmackDown Extreme because XFL was uh, going on, but what a horrible wreck. And it's a good thing that they learned from that mistake and we'll never bring that up again, right? Yeah, thank goodness, man. Yeah, <laughs> never have to talk about that again. Thank God to let sleeping dogs lie. No, absolutely, never, man. Never bring out the XFL again. Never again. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Sometimes Vince is just a stubborn old meathead. So anyway, we know what turns so, him on. Yeah. yeah. So um, dude, this after, episode, this SmackDown's great though. It's like a Clash of the really Champions is. SmackDown. Yeah, like it really is. Gimmick it's matches really up and down the card. Title match. Every title's on the line. If yeah. You, uh, if you're just looking for like a random old episode of SmackDown to watch on the network to like watch you know when you fall asleep or something or just like throw something random which, which is what i do half the time uh when i'm on the network this is a good one to pick out man it's oh fun. yeah it's fun man definitely a fun show so but um as pertains to to you know our boy taker here we get a recap of basically kane's dominance rumble and then kevin kelly introduces or uh, excuse me interviews him again and taker's you know talking again about the taste of his own blood on monday and it reminded him of someone he used to be and he says haku Rikishi, it's first blood, my island brothers. And it's, <laughs> which he called, he literally calls them that, which is awesome. So he said, it's about, it's about uh, them two laying in a pool of their own blood. And uh, Kelly asks Kane why he's siding with his brother, and he responds, he responds with, uh, blood is thicker than water. So there you go. Thanks, Kane. That's your answer. Yeah. So I guess they had to get the old blood thing out there, so they were just really using as many blood puns as they could. So Absolutely. Um, so yeah, blood is thicker than water, ladies and gentlemen, which is old saying. And I guess that's Kane's justification for teaming with his brother who lit him on fire, murdered him, his parents, again. <laughs> we always come back to your big brother. So. Always. Speaking of that, when I was cha- trying to get my car unstuck in the snow this past weekend, uh, trying to get out of there, I was down below shoveling snow, and my big brother decided to hit me right in the eyeball with a snowball. <laughs> and he said, you'll always be my little brother. <laughs> so I understand, I understand what Kane and Jake are going through here. <laughs> and then you chuck slammed him. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah, I can't lift him. I'm too small. <laughs> So, um, anyway. Give him a Death Valley K- blow next time. <laughs> next time I will. Get him. Um, so, Taker and Kane uh, have the old synced up pyro and Roland playing as they walk to the ring. And I just thought this was a missed opportunity to have Kane come out in the sidecar, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Would that have been? In like a little Kurt Angle helmet like you have on the scooter. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that would have been so good. Why not? <laughs> Come out and ride, or just even ride his own. Can you imagine Kane in his outfit and his mask, <laughs> his own chopper? Or just riding behind Taker, like with his arms strapped around, <laughs> grabbing his waist. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's so epic, man. But um, Hakishi came out, looked like just got done with a massage. They're all both in their soap pajamas. So um, they come down. And of course, they brawl in the aisle. This is a Undertaker, you know, match in two thousand one. So. Uh, there's no rules just right here. It's first blood. So 
Lots of brawling, lots of hitting each other's heads off the table, lots of chair shots, heads to the ring steps, all that kind of stuff. And Taker hits a stisky chair shot on Haku's head, which, you know, as the old saying goes, like or the old, you know, folk folk story goes, like Haku's, you know, head you can't you can't like <laughs> hit it, you can't hurt him or anything. All those island boys as they call them. Uh, you can't hurt their heads. They have the hardest heads in the business. So That's I guess right. Taker was putting that to the test here because he gave him some CTE here, I'm sure. So, And then um, Rikishi goes for a stink face, but then Kane uh, does what you said I should do to my brother, and he actually hits him with the old Death Valley blow there. So using some uh, heel tactics to get a win here. And Chokeslam, choke uh, excuse me, Chokeslam – uh, Taker and then tosses him to the steps, I believe. And then Haku is busted open after that chair shot we see. He's just like, I've never seen Ming blade, but he's bloody here, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. And then uh, Kane hits Rikishi with the um, <clears throat> steps and then busts him open as well. So we got two bleeding island boys and the ref calls for the bell. And then after that, though, they all still continue beating each other up like the match never even mattered. So it was weird. Again, Kane and Taker getting the win over these – guys that are trying to get a big push and i don't understand the psychology of it but it's kind of neat that um you know you see hakishi they're walking up the aisle and they're kind of covered in blood and smiling a little bit so um anyway and then one thing i wanted to just to note about as far as undertaker's you know his his gimmick and stuff is and his evolution is we see them as they go off the um the ring uh the, the rampway they're at the top of the ramp and this is the first time i recall this happening they do the whole back to the audience, raise their arms at the same time thing that they're yep. so now synonymous with them and they're famous for. And I don't know this in my notes. I just wrote, is this the first time we've seen this? Uh, to me, it's, uh, I can't remember it on raw before him, but I don't know. Oh, we did see it before the nation of domination used to do it. And the, <laughs> I mean, these guys, the white yeah. savior stole it from him. <laughs> I guess he did. Gimmick infringement. So he did not. He did not uh, introduce that into the the business. But yeah, but it is cool to see them do this because now it's iconic, and we think of this when we think of Kane and Taker together. So for sure, kind of cool. Um, dude, who did Haku and Rikishi piss off? Because this <laughs> me, get, uh, yeah, yeah. Besides <laughs> you? the viewing audience, maybe that's the problem here because they get they get annihilated here on SmackDown, and then. Not only is this feud with Undertaker and Kane basically done at this point, but it's crazy that neither one of these guys get a match on the next pay-per-view yeah. or at WrestleMania. And I they've know. been booked, Rikishi's been booked as one of the top three heels in the company. And all of a sudden, you know, for like the past six months, and then all of a sudden he's not going to be on WrestleMania. And neither is this new guy that they brought in. Yeah, I have no idea, man. Rikishi gets a dark or gets a, a match on Heat with Matt Hardy. That's what his match is on the night of No Way Out. So it's just weird to see like this this push come to a screeching halt right yeah. here. <laughs> so, I don't know uh, if Undertaker got pissed off and he's like, "I'm not doing it. I don't want to face these guys right. on pay per view," <laughs> or just the writing staff was just not feeling that something was going on, man, because it's clear this was supposed to happen at the pay-per-view like that's oh, yeah. what it's definitely building up to and it, we're now we're going to get a really really strange pivot here as uh mm -hmm. we had to raw on my birthday my 15th birthday february 5th 2001 from yeah man from the georgia dome in atlanta two hours <laughs> from my house why why the heck were we not there man <laughs> why did we not go why was that? I not there? oh man I have no idea uh, I'm, I'm mad instead 
20 years later. Yeah, me too. I'm mad at your parents. Yeah. Made us watch XFL on a tiny TV and not taking us to, not taking us to Raw. Well, especially night. when I tell you about this moment, Travis. Because oh, yeah? Our, or should I say bromant? This has got to be our bromant of the, re- uh, of the reek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> well, uh, the cat is going to come out here. Our, our good friend, the cat. And she wants to respond to... <laughs> no one's ever said our good friend, the cat. <laughs> Jerry Lawler used to. Uh, not anyway. anymore, though. Um, no. She wants to respond... Too, much too old. ...to your number one faction of all time, the right to censor, mm. who ended her strip show on SmackDown. So she's going to respond to that. She tried to strip uh, to some full frontal nudity on SmackDown Extreme. And yes, and they, she did. They... Uh, did not allow her to do that. So instead, she's going to form my number one faction of all time, <laughs> a group called The Right to Nudity. There's a million in that? <laughs> no, there's, some, there's some continuity right there for you, if I've ever <laughs> nude, seen it. Nude meanie. <laughs> you would have had to be in there, man. He had to. Uh, no, the APA is going to be in there, uh, the King's going to be in there, and this whole storyline culminates with the king uh wrestling steven richards for the cat's right to nudity at the pay-per-view and uh king wrestles in a leopard print suit man it's the ugliest thing i've ever seen in my life um but yeah that's it man that's got to be the russo broman of the week right here is the uh debut of the right to nudity yeah that's definitely again vince russo is not even involved in professional wrestling at this time He's done. Nope. He's not any. He's not on either company's map. Um, he's gone. Also, I'll just like to add a little, um, you know, maybe a <clears throat> amendment to this as well, because during this whole entire build, we're also getting the Vince McMahon, Trish Stratus, mm. sleeping with her, Linda's in the vegetative state in a mental hospital. Yeah. <laughs> All that is building up during this time too, you know. So, Russo has nothing to do with that either. So. Just go stick that feather in your cap, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and again, the reason why we've been doing this is, you know, it's just funny that when you think about yeah. sex and, and stupid stuff in wrestling and gross stuff in wrestling, it, it all kind of, especially in the Attitude Era, it all gets lumped and credited to Vince Russo, and it went and, on... Uh, rightfully so. Absolutely. Most, a lot yeah. of it, we covered a lot of it, but yeah. it went on long after he was gone as exactly. well, so, you know, you can't lump all that in on him or blame it all on him. Um Anyway, let's move on from that. Let's talk about Undertaker again as he's going to team up with his brother to take on the Dudley Boys for the Tag Team Championships here on Raw. Uh, oddly enough, Taker... So was that match I just covered on SmackDown a number one contender match? It must have been. Yeah. must have been. must have been. Uh, they didn't tell us that, but uh, we'll assume that. Oddly enough, Taker and Kane are going to enter separately after kind of being on the same page these past few weeks. So they're both going to get separate entrances here. Um, I guess Taker was just itching to get back on his bike, man. Yeah, he needed to yeah, have his own interest exactly. again. Uh, the Dudleys have a pretty competitive match here, a lot more than Hakishi did. They uh, hang with Taker <laughs> and Kane for a lot more. Uh, the rest going to get distracted by Kane and Devon fighting around on the outside. Uh, Undertaker gives Bubba a choke slam, and Edge and Christian are going to interfere. Edge and Christian have already been feuding with the Dudleys the past few weeks. Um, they go for a concerto on Undertaker, but Undertaker ducks, and he sends them out uh, after giving each one of them a chair shot. Uh, and he leaves the chair in the ring, which is going to be his fatal error here. 
Uh, Undertaker goes for a pin on Bubba, and referee Mike Kyoto gets back in the ring after he was distracted on the outside. He sees that chair lying in the ring, assumes that Undertaker hit Bubba with the chair, so he disqualifies Undertaker. And, uh, of course, Undertaker's frustrated about that. JR and King are speculating that Edge and Christian interfered in this because uh, they are the number one contenders to the tag team titles. And they probably didn't want to face Undertaker and Kane. They'd have rather face the Dudley boys. So they probably interfered to make sure Undertaker and Kane didn't win the titles here. Uh, so I guess that's, uh, that's your storyline for the beginning of this triple threat match that we're going to get. Yeah, and and honestly, it's sound psychology because I wrote that about on my notes for SmackDown. I'm about to talk about here too. I mean, it is sound psychology for Edge and Christian. You know, I mean, as heels, you know, we'd rather face Dudley's than you know somebody we have beaten than Taker and Kane, who we've basically been their whipping boys Absolutely, for Undertaker yeah. for the last ten months. So yeah, um, so that brings us to SmackDown 77 on February 8th. Um, just to, to tie up a loose end here, Rikishi does squash Al Snow. Um, so just. Just letting you guys know. That's for you. He's, squashing he's the snowman. He's squashing the snowman, yeah. So he's still alive and kicking, but they're, again, their feud is just donezo, I guess. So anyway, um, we get this replay of Monday shenanigans, and Cole is speculating, like you said, you know, the Edge and Christian knew they're going to exercise their rematch clause tonight, so they cost Taker and Kane the match on Monday because they were too yellow to face him for the titles. So... I just wrote my notes that that's that's exactly why he is the investigative journalist Michael Cole. He does yes. the, the 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 dirty, uh, deep searching of all the uh, <laughs> stuff that has. I don't know where I was going with that, but Pulitzer Prize winning wrong. Michael Cole. <clears throat> yeah, more like Pulitzer Prize winning. But oh. anyway, um, as Edge is about to get the pin in this match, uh, Taker and Kane come out and interfere, causing a DQ. So now they've screwed. You know, Edge and Christian out of the titles here. So Taker then choke slams Edge and Kane choke slams Christian. So once again, the whipping boys. Uh, Dudley's then getting the face of Taker, which I don't understand why because you still won the match. It's not like you were screwed out of the titles. Like you retain the titles, but Devon gets in Taker's face, which is a bad idea when he's got death in his mouth. Spits oh, no. it on Devon, no. which you can't do this day and age. Uh, they start jaw jacking a little bit and then. Um, Get some stereo choke slams by Kane Taker. So once again, these st- brothers are standing tall, man, <laughs> standing tall, owning the tag team division here on, on in WWF at this time. So uh, backstage, Edge and Christian complained to Vince about what just happened, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna give you guys a con- you know uh, consolation prize. You guys can co-host Heat this weekend. So <laughs> they're like, okay, cool. And then he's like, oh yeah. Then you get a number one contenders match against Kane and Taker on Raw. And the winner of that faces the Dudleys at No Way Out. So, given the you know you a reason to tune into Raw and, and given some stakes to this match, so it's kind of neat to see. So, we'll we'll see where that heads as we enter into Raw. Yeah, let's look at it. This is on February twelfth, two thousand one. Taker and Kane versus Edge and Christian for the number one contendership. Uh, the Dudleys are out on commentary, and I just need to pause right here and praise Edge and Christian here for something that I've been noticing. Uh, they've been doing it for a long time. And it's every time they face Taker and Kane, which we have seen a lot of here, and I love getting to see Edge and yeah. Christian so much. But, you know, Edge and Christian, they normally have this entrance where they're, like, smiling and goofy and they do their five-second pose and whatever. Yeah. Every time they face Taker and Kane, they don't do that. They don't smile. They're selling their fear. During their entrance, because Taker yeah. and Kane are different 
than other tag teams. They're monsters. So Edge and Christian come out. They're nervous. They're worried. We've seen it. We see it during this. We've seen it a bunch of times. And yeah. I just appreciate that so much because, you know, nowadays, and I mean, even back then, but especially nowadays, it's like everybody's got to do their entrance, man. That's like the biggest yeah. thing. And they learn it from NXT. And Entra- the entrances are awesome. Like Finn Balor's entrance is one of the best things he does. Uh, and, you know, a lot of these guys. But it's like they have to do it no matter what the situation. They got to come out smiling. They got to do their whole poses, all their music and everything. And it doesn't always make sense. It didn't make sense for Edge and Christian to do that here. Right. So guess what? They didn't do it. And exactly. It's just something that little, I feel like. Guys nowadays yeah. could learn so much from just something like that. I'm so glad you said that because you almost just took every single sentence out of my mouth. You just said, dude, like, and you know where I think that started with the whole I got to get my entrance in no matter what situation. I really think, and this is not me crapping on him because I do respect him, but I think Triple H is the guy. Like, look at his entrances yeah. back then. Yeah. No matter what the situation Unless he was running in from, you know, outside or, or something. If he had a match against whomever, he's going to get his little stand in the dark with the lights on him, then spray a spray. No matter what, like, he – I really think that's where it started. You know, I started thinking about it the other day. Like, you know, it's definitely something that nowadays, you know, like I said, Ronda Rousey gets the trash beat out of her by Charlotte. The next night she comes out smiling on Raw. Yeah. Like, you freaking kidding me? No. Stone Cold didn't do that. Bret Hart didn't do that. You know, but, like – Triple H is the guy. I, I started looking back. I was like, I think his his character would do it no matter what. You know, he'd do that entrance, and he's the one in charge of NXT. And so all these exactly. guys have to get their entrance in. You know, yep. nowadays. But you're right, man. I'm glad you pointed that out because I wanted to find an opportunity to talk about that one here. I didn't know where it would come up organically, so I'm glad it did because, man, you're right, man. When an Edge and Christian come out, they do like you know feign terror for these guys. You're not there. You know, they're acting, but like it's it's cool to see. You know, there are certain situations where you don't have to follow. The script. <laughs> yes, <okay>. exactly. <laughs> to improv a little bit. Oh man! Act like a character. Yes. Whew, let me step <laughs> off the soapbox for you and I. <laughs> well, talking about you know six great characters here. All six of these guys. Uh, two of them or three of them already in the Hall of Fame. The other three definitely will be eventually. Uh, Undertaker gets distracted on the outside. He's talking trash to the Dudleys on commentary. It uh, gives a chance for Christian to nail Kane with a chair, but Kane is able to kick out of it here. And, man, another thing uh, I wanted to say here was if you ever want to see how to build up to a hot tag, watch the Undertaker in a tag match, man. You wouldn't expect that, but he's on the yeah, outside. <laughs> he's getting the crowd pumped up. He's running back and forth. He's getting hyped out there. Um, he's showing you how to get uh, excited about that. He yeah. comes in. Uh, Kane ends up tossing Edge into the Dudley boys who are at the commentary table again, and that leads to a all-out fight between all six guys on the outside. And the ref is forced to just toss this match out on a DQ. Uh, all the refs come out there to break it up. Sergeant Slaughter's even out there, and that's it, man. It's not much to it, but you know these like six Hall of Famers right here, six absolute pros. They're trying the best to make something out of just pretty much nothing a nothing feud yeah. and uh they're bringing intensity to it they're they're treating it seriously they're not treating it like an afterthought even though the bookers might be and so you know right they're doing what they can with it yeah because you could tell Kane and taker just kind of got shoehorned into this feud because oh, like yeah. i said dudley's and edge christian were already feuding they have been feuding for like two years now it seems so um or a year and a half now 
But, um, yeah, so entering on SmackDown 78 on February 15th. This is the post-Valentine's uh, Day SmackDown. Um, the opening match here is, you know, you got the Brothers Destruction curtain jerking again. You got Kane opening up against Edge. Um, Edge, uh, or excuse me, each each one of them has their kayfabe brother with them, which are not really their brothers. But anyway, um, Dudley's, who are also not brothers. So we got, I didn't think yes. about that. We got <laughs> yes. three sets of brothers here. Three sets of fake brothers fighting. That was in my um, notes for the pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> three uh, tag three, teams of brothers none of whom are actually none brothers. Of them related so um uh yeah they bring a table out and set it up at the bottom of the ramp so then um christian attacks taker outside and they wind up brawling into the crowd because again christian has to get whipped by taker um kane wins the match with a top rope diving clothesline and let me rewind that kane wins the match over edge with a top rope diving clothesline and King has literally the exact same response to that finish as I did. I said it out loud, and he did too, and I had to rewind it. I said, the heck? And he, King actually says, the heck? Like, <laughs> like, I don't think it just slipped out of his mouth. Like, he didn't mean Like, he's like... What? Because... What? I love his top rope clothesline. I love it. I love it too, but I don't remember it ever finishing anybody off. And um, but it did, man. Finished Edge off here, and King just goes, "Heck, this is great." But um, Kane immediately then goes to the apron and trash talk with the Dudleys, and you can see where this is going. Um, Christian and Taker in the ring, and Christian gets Irish whipped into Kane, and Kane crashes off of the apron onto the table. Mm. However, does not break. Mm. Um. He no sells it and sits. I honestly think he made a like a snap call because the the table didn't break. So he gets up and goes back in the ring and they hit stereo choke slams on Edge and Christian as Dudley's kind of pose with their ramps. I mean, excuse me, with their ramps <laughs> on the ramp with their belts. They didn't have multiple ramps. They have one ramp there on with their belts around their necks. So um, yeah, but Kane, like I said, he does not break that table, but it's fine. He no sells it, which fits his character. So yeah. no big deal. Yeah, no works. big deal. So slowly building this matchup again. You can kind of tell where we're headed with the table and everything. So we'll see. We've got two more shows to build up here. It's a rare five-week build up to this pay-per-view. So this is the go-home shows. Raw 404 on February 19th, 2001. Undertaker kicks off the show here in a triple threat with Devon Dudley and Christian. Uh, just kind of a strange match to look at. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and everyone's partners are supposed to be banned from ringside, but Edge gets around that by doing commentary. He's not technically at ringside. Uh, gets off a pretty good line here. He's questioning uh, Taker and Kane's relationship and the Dudley's partnership. Edge says, Let me ask you a question. For Christmas, I got Christian a spaghetti strainer. I didn't burn his face, so I had to wear a hideous mask for the rest of his life. Whoa, you got a point there. That's a good point. At our family reunions, we play some hockey. We roast some marshmallows. We don't put people through tables. <laughs> Boy. Bingo. Yeah. Exactly. Family values, man. Uh, you spot on. It's Canadian values, man. <laughs> uh, JR and King this whole time are really putting over Taker and Kane, which means they're definitely not going to win on Sunday. And, yeah. Uh, but Undertaker picks up the win tonight. He sends Christian just into the rafters with a last ride, man. Just <laughs> enormous last ride and gets a huge pot from the crowd gives Taker the pin uh, Taker gives Edge a similarly huge choke slam after the match uh, to come out on top there 
But Edge and Christian are not done, man. They uh, have a meeting backstage. They decide they need a plan B because what they have been doing lately just hadn't been working. So let me try to sum all this up. We get this really contrived segment later on in the show. Yes. So we play some SmackDown. I was like, what is going on here? All right. (laughs) Edge and Christian are backstage with some jamoke who they – just this uh, loser. They pay up to go knock on Undertaker's door. And they tell him to tell Undertaker someone's been messing with his bike. So he runs off. Meanwhile, Edge and Christian are still in the parking lot. And they start yelling for the Dudley boys to come meet them. So we get another camera angle. We cut to the back. The Dudley boys walking out. They can hear Edge and Christian yelling for them. So they uh, uh, they head out there. Camera cuts again to this production assistant knocking on Undertaker's door. He tells Undertaker someone's been messing with his bike. And Undertaker says, man, you better not be playing. (laughs) (laughs) Camera cuts back again to the garage. And we see Taker's bike is all messed up. The Dudley boys storm into the garage looking for Edge and Christian. But as part of their plan, Edge and Christian are not there. So Taker arrives a few seconds later. Sees his bike all messed up. Sees the Dudley boys standing right next to it. Obviously assumes the Dudley boys did the deed, so he attacks them. The Dudley boys get the upper hand on Taker since it's two-on-one, and they leave him laying uh, while going to look for Edge and Christian. Uh, they, so they run off out of camera. Kane arrives a few minutes late to help his brother, and while he's tending to Undertaker, Edge and Christian come out of hiding, hit a concerto on Kane to leave him laying. Whew. Yeah, what'd you say a few weeks ago? Taking a uh, international flight to get around the block. Uh, that's what the international flight to go next door. Yeah, yeah that's what this was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it could have been done a lot shorter, but I guess I can appreciate the fact that Edge and Christian get the upper hand there. At least the heels are yeah. looking good going sure. into the pay per view at this point. But yeah, um, it's man. something that uh, you know Vince Russo has been talking a lot about on his podcast when he this week when he was trying to fix the WWE or whatever he talks about having segments not in the ring uh, and you know just out here in a parking garage having guys get heat on each other out there so you know it it's something different you know not yeah just, it is didn't just involve the match exactly speaking of other important wrestling uh, podcasts ones that have hundreds of thousands of downloads Eric Bischoff has put over Dean Malenko in the last two episodes of his and I just got to say the week before that who put him over? You and I did. Absolutely. <laughs> we started, started the Dean Malenko fan club. <laughs> we did. Not Eric Bischoff. Come not on, him. Man. But anyway, I think he's listening to Talking Taker. <laughs> he, got, he got the idea from you, and I, I kind of piggybacked off of you, and uh, there we go, man. So you started it. Take Just her like easy, take, Eric. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Take her easy E, baby. So um, there's a dad joke again. So anyway, we got SmackDown 79. Uh, on February 22nd, 01, this is the go-home show for No Way Out, three days before the show. Hermes interviewing the Dudleys backstage, and um, this is where Bubba reveals that the match is going to be a tag team table match for the tag team titles. Uh, he puts over both teams, basically, again, which is always good when you're, you know, want to put over your opponent so you beat somebody. You know, it means something. But then he says, if- Undertaker, there have been many times where you've stood out in that ring and said, that was your yard. Well, I got news for you. The Dudley boys have just moved in. Anyway, backstage, we got Team Eck. You know, Edge Christian are back there. And 
Edge and Christian are complaining once again about having to face Taker and Kane for what, what Edge says is the 475th consecutive time. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was pretty funny because it's kind of what everybody was thinking, um, probably. And then um, Edge is like, I'm not taking that last ride again. And uh, that's the last time I sucked that pain sickle. <laughs> just it was so God. <laughs> pain sickle. It's not even like a good pun, but it's great. So, that's a t-shirt then, right uh, there. Yeah, man. Suck that pain sickle. Gacaroni. Jeez. So, uh, Christian says that no one gets up quick from a concerto like Kane did. He's like, what is it, like some sort of like big red machine or something? And then Kane, Angle and Edge just kind of look at him like, that's pretty good. Exactly. These two guys, yeah, they're just um, predicting the future of what so they're going to have. Yeah. But um, Kurt's like, you guys will be fine. You know, it's business as usual. Don't worry about it. So before the, before the main event, the, I should say the reason they're all together back there is because Team Eck versus um, – Undertaker, Kane, and The Rock is is the main event here. So um, that's a pretty big big spot to be in for Edge and Christian. So sure. Dudley, Dudley boys, of course, bring out a table. Uh, they lean it against the apron, and Bubba Spray paints these famous letters NWO on them. But it's no way out. You know, he spray paints. <laughs> so again, just funny how you know WCW used to spray paint NWO and everything, and here we are spray painting No Way Out on it, which. It's funny also because No Way Out in one year from now will be the return of the NWO. Yeah. The, which is kind of weird. But um, Did the Dudley Boys, do they spray paint stuff? Is that part of their gimmick? Where did that come uh, from? Well, now, th- this night it is, I yeah. guess. Yeah, they bring it out and take a page out of WCW's dying book. Um, How random. That, that, that book's about to close real hard, real hard and fast. But um, also, something else that comes from the from the past is um, Taz is on commentary here, and he says... Uh, so once Bubba spray paints that on, he spray paints no way out on it. Taz goes, "That's called a punk card." He's calling Kane, Untaker, Edge, and Christian's punk card. Pulling the punk card line, dude. Yes. <laughs> so, which just validates what we were thinking. Like, that is a thing. The punk that card is, is back. Punk card is a thing that they used to say backstage, I guess. So, you know, we got Taker and uh, Big Show talking about it. We got Taz in a segment with Taker talking about it. So, oh, man. I'm going to say Taker was the uh, the, old, in, the old inventor of the punk card, Invented I guess. the punk so. card, yep. Yeah, absolutely he did. So I was so excited to hear Taz say that, man. I had to rewind it just to make sure that that's what he really said. So, oh, so good, man. So as you might can imagine, this no DQ six-man tag match was fun. It's typical stuff, you know. Um, Dudley's come down, throw that NWO table in the ring and hit the what's up headbutt on the Christian. Then they set the table up for a 3D and taker pulls. Uh, Christian out of there and the three teams are slugging outside and Angle hits an Olympic slam through the table and gets the pin on the Rock to end the match because again mm. Rock and him are uh, going to wrestle at no way out and so because he pinned Rock here you know he's not going to win in a couple days so um, but this is the fun you know main event style you know just before the pay-per-view match so nothing huge I think uh, the I think Monday's Raw was probably a better go home for this feud because of the concerto and all that kind of stuff with the heels being up at the end of the show but 
here we just kind of get some some brawling so um no big deal but good stuff man um, it makes me uh excited for this match even though it's kind of thrown together so yeah so let's talk about it man uh our main event here on our show no way out 2001 february 25th 2001 it's the undertaker and kane versus the dudley boys versus edge and christian for the tag team championships and travis i know you said you basically forgot this match even existed i pretty much did too and uh, before we talk about it i want to give a shout out to someone who can help you if you forgot this match ever existed it is a guy by the name of matt Tennant, and he reached out to us on twitter he has just recently written a book about the undertaker's career kind of taking what we do in podcast form and doing it through the written word. Uh, he is on Twitter at the perfect and then the number 10 ant. So his name is Matt Tennant at the perfect 10 ant. And uh, his book is called Undertaker, A Trip Down Death Valley. Uh, it's got a really, really cool uh, cover art on there of pictures of Undertaker through the years. Yeah, it does. And uh, the book is just coming out right now, just in time for the holidays. And I want to encourage our listeners. Obviously, you know, we're all super big fans of The Undertaker here. Let's support our fellow creature of the night. You can pick up a copy of this book. Uh, the website is unionsmack.bigcartel.com. So that's unionsmack.bigcartel.com. I think Union Smack is the name of his podcast, uh, I believe. Uh, but the book is called The Undertaker, A Trip Down Death Valley. You can get a physical copy. You can get a... Uh, ebook copy of it and it's a journey through the undertaker's career it's a perfect companion piece for our podcast here uh i love that uh you know i appreciate anybody who's able to write a book and, and put all that work and effort into it so kudos to you matt i'm looking forward to checking it out soon um, yeah me too our listeners to do the same i'm looking forward to it man it sounds really exciting we promise not to steal anything from you <laughs> he got his stuff out first we're taking a little bit taking our sweet sweet old time here rolling through the undertaker's career so yeah man but kudos to him that's awesome so we're excited to check it out so good stuff absolutely so um like i said this show took place february 25th 2001 thomas and max center in las vegas man i don't remember too many pay-per-views from WF in las vegas i don't know why yeah, they more used a, to do more the, of a WCW town. Well, they used to do the Raw Roulette shows like in oh, Las yeah, Vegas yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. this, you know, uh, this was of course the final pay per view before really, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, the WWF and the entire wrestling industry changes forever. Right yeah. here, as ECW is basically already out of business. Uh, I think they'd already run yeah, their think- last show. I think January 9th was the pay-per-view, and, the, and January 13th they had a house show or a taping or something. Yeah. If I believe. I was researching some stuff before this. I didn't write it down, but so those dates might not be gospel, but don't quote me on that. But anyway, I believe it's mid-January was their last show. Yeah. So they basically already shut down. Because if you remember, Justin Credible has debuted in the WWF at this point now. Right. So, you know, he's he's done with that. We'll see Rhino coming in soon. And, yeah, it's just weird, man. That company is basically dead, and... Like you said, Dose W's knocking on, be knocking on the heaven's next door. Pay-per-view. That's right. Uh, <laughs> or Hell's Door, whichever. <laughs> and just to show you again the changing times, uh, if I remember correctly, this was also the last pay-per-view 
ever released only on VHS and not on DVD. Uh, WrestleMania 17, everyone after that, they would be released on both, uh, at least for a little while, until VHS died out. But yeah, this one never got a DVD release. Uh, so uh, I'd never seen this one. I've seen the uh, the uh, Three Stages of Hell match. I've never seen the rest of this pay-per-view. Uh, oh, really? Until, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I rented it. I, I remember renting it because I really wanted to see that Three Stages of Hell match. And um, I really was looking forward to that Fatal 4-Way, man. I, I just loved those guys in that match. It was just a fun match. Um, <clears throat> good stuff, but it's going to be weird here. This is kind of a changing for... Um, for our commentary teams here too, we got Jr. and King on commentary actually on the show, but this is actually King's last WWF pay per view until Vengeance in December. Yep. As you mentioned, the Cats whole right to nudity thing, they're gonna have a match on this night at No Way Out, and um, something happens afterward, and she uh, <laughs> walks out of the company. I guess she gets fired. Technically, Jim Ross has to fire the Cat. I guess she's getting too big for her britches, or. Um, if she could even keep him on, but anyway, whatever. And uh, King leaves with his girl, you know, leaves and walks out of the company. And he'll return though in November. So, oh, or after, yeah, classic so. bros before hoes mistake from <laughs> King, man. Come on, dude. Well, classic. he eventually dumps her. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he misses, but um, misses the whole. Maybe, maybe he made the right move because he missed the entire invasion. <laughs> maybe it was a good choice. On King's part to miss out. Well, on that. it is something to be said about WrestleMania having uh, Paul Heyman on the commentary, yeah. kind of making it different. So, anyway, but yeah, which is weird because actually, so this is the last time we've uh, had them on commentary for a few months. But actually, this match is going to be our debut of Taz on a <laughs> Talking Taker commentary. So we get Taz because again, once King leaves for that match against Stephen Richards, Taz comes out to take a. Uh, Takeover. So this is Taz's debut for commentary for a, a Talking Taker uh, show here. So good, yeah, good and, on Taz. Yeah, bro. I enjoy Taz, especially during this point in time. It's fun to change it up here. Um, we do get a short promo before the match with uh, investigative journalist Michael Cole with our boys, Taker and Kane. Taker clarifies mm-hmm. that this match is about gold, but they are all about pain and suffering tonight. Uh, So Taker tells his opponents not to be concerned about their titles, but be concerned about how they can survive because these two big dogs run the yard. And uh, Kane says he's gonna, they're gonna do more than put their opponents through tables. They're gonna put them through hell. Kane, man, he's got those, just those exclamation points to go on the end of a good sentence. That's right. He's got the (laughs) buttons right there. Exactly. So, um, yeah, like this is a. Let me try to say this if I can without stuttering. Triple Threat Tag Team Title Table Match. Woo! That's a lot of tease, man. And think about uh, this, man. We got two-thirds of next month's TLC match. Edge and Christian <laughs> and the W Boys in a tables match a month before that. How, we're, we're just in a... Sh- we're just a few weeks away from possibly having Undertaker and Kane in that TLC match. Like, can you imagine an alternate universe where this was the WrestleMania TLC match, dude? Uh, we probably wouldn't be talking about it to this day, <laughs> or we would know, for man. very different reasons. They might could have so. pulled it off. Uh, Undertaker <clears throat> and Kane both have. had some good ladder matches. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Taker had good good match, good ladder matches. So. Um, yeah, man, that's weird to think about that because, like I said, man, I could not remember how I got from Undertaker in the Royal Rumble to Undertaker versus Triple H at WrestleMania. It's just like blowing my mind because I know that he beats Austin, he being Triple H. I know he beats Austin this night, and I was like, 
wait a minute, this match we're about to cover, this triple threat tag team title table match, is second from the top. It is. This is yeah. the next to main event match. Yeah. And I don't remember it. <laughs> not, not a bit. Oh. But um, it's just weird, man, to see how stuff changed, you know? So, I don't know. Just you, Like you said earlier, you think it's all set in stone, but it seems like stuff's just kind of thrown together, but it worked out, so... Yeah, so Kane comes out and his his pyro, and he didn't have that organ music anymore. I don't know when that disappeared, but because we haven't been following his career completely, but um, I don't know when his music his organ intro disappeared. But he just kind of has the pyro and the music. But anyway, and then he does the pyro and the apron, and rolling happens, and Taker comes out to what Jr. says is a standing ovation. And here's another little nugget for those of you paying attention at home: Howard Finkel introduces Undertaker as being from Houston, Texas. At this point. So he's no longer from Death Valley. He's mm. from Houston, Texas. So, you know, I guess that chapter of his story is, uh, you know, f- come to an end and we're starting a new chapter. of, Or maybe he's moved. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's where know. the local 81 is. <laughs> maybe that's where local 81 is. Oh, But again, remember, they do vacation in Long Island like Vince Russo confirmed me <laughs> when I was on his podcast. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, now he's from Houston, Texas. So, which is just neat. This may have been that era. Remember when, uh, well, no, that was a few years later when, like, Chris Jericho was from, like, New York and Chris Benoit was from Atlanta. It's like, right. no, they're not, dude. Right. I think that was 0304, though. But anyway. Yeah. Um, Couldn't have a baby face from Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, I just thought it was, just thought it was neat. So, um, I would like for you to take this next thing and just tell me, let's just. Tell me what these guys are wearing. Well, maybe Please. Houston is where Taker and Kane's fashion designer was, because it's time for another episode of Talking Trousers, man, because we got some questionable apparel on both our brothers here. Uh, first of all, Kane is coming out in all black, like literally like, no trace of red anywhere on his outfit. It's all black for the first time ever, and that didn't look great didn't love it didn't love that (laughs) but i could forgive that taker well standing next to his brother you could definitely forgive it Mm. because of what's taker wearing it's this very unflattering singlet type of outfit it's sort of reminiscent i thought of his ministry days Mm, yeah it's got like the big uh the extreme T symbol as we call it yeah uh, in bright red right on his chest and it just like it it's not quite a tank i guess it's it's just a sleeveless thing that blends into his pants and it's just uh, not quite the right size it uh just does not look good <laughs> on a man right here i don't know where it yeah. came from uh randy turco on twitter called it the undertaker pjs uh, <laughs> jeremy bagley called it takers fat pants and said he was uh <laughs> You're certainly putting the cream and cremation back at this time. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. man, that sums it up right here. I don't know what he was thinking, and I'm pretty sure he never, ever wore these again. <laughs> they went right in the closet uh, with the snakeskin pants. Don't these – does his pants say Dead Man Inc. on the side of them too? I think they In, did. like, red? I think. Yeah. yeah, I think he did put these – he folded them up and put them in the drawer with the snakeskin pants. So I just like to start a um, – I'd like to propose we start a hashtag Blame Sarah. Um, trending on Twitter. That's it. If we can, so we're gonna go ahead and blame oh, Sarah no. for all the bad, all the bad stuff that came his way since that didn't work out. So anyway, maybe we we'll get just, her to come on the show. Sure, she's probably doing nothing. 
<laughs> She's enjoying that taker alimony. Al- alimony? Oh. Alimony. That's right. <laughs> it's important. Alimony. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please take the reins. Uh, um, <laughs> well, Edge and Christian are out second, and they uh, stall in the middle of the aisle out of fear, possibly out of Taker and Kane's attire here, but just in generally <laughs> uh, in fear of Taker and Kane. But the Dudley boys come out third, and the Edge and Christian are like the monkeys in the middle right yeah. here. Uh, and they uh, take a wise move here and bail and jump off the rampway and hide yeah. away from these guys, leaving Taker and Kane to brawl with the Dudley boys uh, to start off the match. And Taker and Kane are going to toss them off the rampway as well. Yeah, they they do. This is um, yeah, Taker immediately throws Devon off the ramp, and then he throws Bubba off as well. So he, it doesn't. It's not even him and Kane. It's just Taker throwing both of them off there. So there's you know he's pretty much taking care of business right here. So um, Edge and Christian come from behind and attack the the brothers of destruction here and take them down and there's brawling around ringside and the, the crowd is already chanting we want tables it's been 25 seconds yep and the crowd's already like it's not that they're not invested it's that they're not invested like they're not that they're not invested in these characters but there's not much of a story here you know and yeah. so they just know it's a tables match it's not like a slight to the the six guys in the ring but it's just like we know it's a tables match we don't care we want tables you know so um, which is something you definitely see nowadays. It's interesting to see the evolution of the business and see kind of how we've gotten from you know, 1992, 1993 matches uh, to, to where we are in 2001 to where we are in 2018. So interesting stuff. Unfortunately, I'm not saying always. Sometimes, though. Unfortunately, the tables were sometimes more over than the Dudley boys were. You know? Yeah. I, I love Dudley boys. I think they definitely yeah. Hall of Famers, but... You know, oh yeah. Sometimes the crowd just wanted the tables more than they wanted the Dudley Boys, but uh, that's all right. Uh, they were still over. Um, uh, Brothers Destruction are slamming Edge and Christian's heads into the announce table over and over again. No, so good, like simultaneously. Yes, it's so it's good. Great, and they are about to power bomb them through the tables simultaneously. But the Dudley Boys make the save with some chairs. So we've got a uh, we got a CT match right here. Uh, <laughs> Chairs and tables. No ladders. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you meant CTE match. Oh, we're going to get that here in just a second. <laughs> yeah, because uh, they're going to hit some CTE headshots on them. So, Whew. man, yeah, it's, I think there's a pay-per-view coming out this weekend called TLC, but they should rename it CTE. <laughs> <That'd be> great. <laughs> Join us now for WWE. CTE. CTE. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chairs and tables entertainment. So, anyway, and at this point, this is the point in the match <laughs> <laughs> where I just wrote in my notes that we're going to get that what we've come to know and understand now and be conditioned to is this is what a typical three-way match a script of a three-way match is but now we have tag teams in it you got one team on the outside taking a nap the other two in the ring fighting this is kind of how this match is going to go from here on out you know yep um, I don't know did you catch that too I mean this is basically the script yeah, of every three-way nowadays uh, Edge and Christian mix it up with the Dudley boys here for a little while. Um, they uh, Edge and Christian go for a concerto, but Bubba ducks, so they hit the chairs onto each other. Uh, Bubba tosses Christian into Edge with a chair, and then we get you know we get the Dudley boys signature spots here. We get the what's up on the Edge. Devon get the tables. They're getting all their stuff in before Kane and Taker are going to intercept and uh, trade off and, and start. Uh, hitting uh beating up on everybody here for a little while 
Yeah, man. They actually hit um, – so uh, Christian hits I'm Predator on Bubba, and then they go take a nap while the brothers get in the ring. Brothers of Destruction get in the ring with Edge and Christian. So like I said, they're just kind of switching out who's who's having the action who's taking a nap. So they hit – the Caden Taker hit double power slams um, on uh, Edge and Christian, which is kind of neat. And then Taker kind of looks at Kane's like, you know, points up to the top ropes, like go up top, you know, which is so rare to see um, – them doing that but i, I kind of like how they're kind of gelling as a team here and so oh, they both go up top yeah. yeah they both go up top and they both hit like stereo diving clotheslines uh it's a really cool spot which i just felt like was underappreciated by the crowd you know i for me that was one of my favorite things in the whole match yeah screw the I, tape screw the tables <laughs> like that was awesome it's one of kane's signature spots and i don't think we've ever seen undertaker do something like that so that was really really cool i think it's been a while he probably did it in i think he did it in some of those older like rare like yeah. his older matches but like it hasn't been a while since he's done that i think so it was really neat man to see that like i said i popped more for that than did anything any other big spots so. uh, yeah you can tell they're having fun out there they're yeah enjoying that's a team great way to put it yeah uh taker and kane are going to go for the tables but the dudleys try to stop them and uh there's a couple tables already in the ring and so undertaker <laughs> He basically just tells Tim White to move one of the tables so he can uh, Irish yeah. whip Devon across the ring. <laughs> uh, and uh, Tim White obliges. Taker uh, tosses Devon across the ring, and Edge and Christian get back up in the ring. So now we finally got all six guys fighting out in the ring briefly yeah. before Taker and Kane get tossed out now. So now it's the Dudley boys with Edge and Christian. Yeah, Taker and Kane get tossed out, and they both hit a perfect 10 landing, so I just won a perfect 20, I guess, we got here. So, like you said, Dudleys are in the ring, and they got Christian alone as uh, Kane eats a ring post on the outside, and uh, the Dudleys go to 3D Christian through a table, but Taker runs in and kind of intercepts Christian real quick. And then Devon from behind, nails Taker with a low blow, the Death Valley beanbag spot, so... Hits him real low, and then they all and somehow. I guess he's like impervious to that move because he like no sells it and goes to choke slam Christian to a table, and the Dudley stop him from doing that as well. So it's just pandemonium, man, pandemonium. It is. It's gonna keep going here. Uh, Edge and Christian try to suplex Taker through a table, but Kane's gonna flip the table out of the way, and then Kane and Taker hit stereo choke slams on Edge and Christian. Then hit him on the Dudley boys. And so it looks like Taker and Kane are going to be cruising to the tag team titles here, possibly. Yeah. Uh, they set up a pair of tables, and they're going to go for stereo last <laughs> rides, man. They've done stereo power slams, stereo clotheslines, stereo choke slams. Now stereo last rides on Edge and Christian. But, unfortunately, out of nowhere, Hakishi getting back involved here they come out and assault taker and kane because i guess we can't come up with a different finish so we gotta right. go back in time to these guys coming out uh so they brawl with undertaker and kane to the outside yeah they come out to ruin everything basically so um it's but it's no dq so it's fine you That's know right. they're brawling with taker and kane like you said and at this point like you said they've got them on the outsides so they're distracted so this is i guess a way to make Taker and Kane not look like a bunch of doofuses losing these other guys when they've been so dominant. But um, they're on the outside brawling with the Island boys, as Taker calls them, or Island brothers. As Edge goes to spear uh, Bubba, Bubba moves, and Edge hits a table, and it does not break. So I don't know if it was supposed to or not, but... I think it was, I, because... I think it was. 
Edge. I've watched. I've already watched uh, some stuff going into WrestleMania, and I think Edge is legitimately hurt because he like they talk about him being injured for the next few weeks on Raw. Yeah. So I think he actually in got his shoulder hurt doing that spot right there. Yeah, I think he did because it looked rough, but it, it doesn't break. And um, the Dudleys then hit a 3D on Christian through a table. That's just kind of in suddenly. Um, poor Christian. Yeah, he's always the one taking the big bumps. So. Always. But yeah, this. They retain their tag team titles at 12 minutes and four seconds, so it's not a terribly long match, not short, but it's a, it's a brisk little little fun, fun match. But uh, after that, we got Taker and Kane looking on from the ramp, and uh, I'll let you take it from here. So, yeah, Undertaker's been busted open a little bit here after Rikishi ran him into a post on the outside. Uh, Undertaker and Kane are just kind of standing in the entryway, very frustrated. Obviously, that's well, not yeah. how they wanted things to work out here. Um, and you know, basically, it, it seems like maybe these guys are going to fight at WrestleMania now. Undertaker, Kane, yeah. Haku, and Rikishi all have an unfinished business, and of course, that's not how things ended up. That's not the story no. that we're going to tell. So again, there's there's something going on behind the scenes that that we're not privy to here. Something happened here. It's clear that there was supposed to be some more going on with those four guys, but it never happens. And instead we get this match that was, you know, nothing bad here, uh, nothing special, but I just said it's perfectly acceptable wrestling. You know, they did their best to make yeah. chicken salad out of chicken crap. They had a, it was a decent match. It was fine, uh, inoffensive, nothing you need to go out of your way to see, but nothing you would be disappointed in seeing either. Yeah, I'm not gonna put it over as much as I did that big show and Taker versus uh was the X Pac and Kane match that was yeah. so much fun. It was in your that top ten. Fan. It was. And it's still there right now. But um anyway, um I'm not gonna put it over like that, but it was it was fine, you know. It was almost like a raw or smackdown main event, you know, yeah. but it was it was fun. But um I one one interesting thing too, at the end of like when Taker and Kane lose this match and they're on the ramp, Taker drops a huge F bomb. Uh, you can tell he's frustrated, but the camera zooms in on his eyes. Like, did you catch that? The camera just kind of like zooms in on his eyes, and that's how like this whole scene ends. The commentary is putting over, you know, the I guess it's Taz and Jr. They're like, well, I wouldn't want to be a tag team here in the World Wrestling Federation right now, especially if I was Rikishi and, and Haku. It's just like, so the thread is there dangling of like these guys. Like you said, these guys have got to have some kind of payoff. At Mania about this tag team debacle, and like you said, Kane and Taker, you know, they're the most dominant tag team, but they don't have the titles, so it's just weird. And you know, it's just weird to see this. It kind of just, like I said, Kevin Dunn makes the camera zoom in on Taker's eyes, and we see a little bit of blood down his head. So I don't know. It was just a strange ending to to lead to to. You know, we have the benefit of hindsight, no one's going to nowhere. You know. It's just weird. Strange ending to a strange month and a strange episode here of Talking Taker. It, and, I mean, in a way, it kind of just goes to show you just how underrated and underappreciated Taker is because yep. you got, I mean, we, we've he, he's one of the biggest guys in the WWF, one of their top guys, and here he is just in a random triple threat tag team title match on, on this mm-hmm. in a throwaway match, basically. And he makes something out of it, but... Yeah. Would you ever see Triple H, Austin, Rock ever be at slumming in a match like this? No. They would never throw one of those guys mm-hmm. down in this spot. But Undertaker, you know, that's what they told him to do. He's going to go out and do it and make the most out of it. Uh, as 
And yeah, obviously, like we said, things are going to change going in here to WrestleMania, and we'll talk more about that on next week's show as we get to cover uh, what many feel is still to this day the greatest WWF pay-per-view ever, WrestleMania X7, WrestleMania 17, whatever you want to call it here, and a match that uh, many would say to this day probably in Undertaker's top 10 all time, arguably. Undertaker versus Triple H, their first WrestleMania encounter, their WrestleMania trilogy, a feud that is still going in 2018. <laughs> they had their end of an era match 17 years later. Unbelievable, man. We're going to take it back to the glory days, <laughs> the, uh, the peaks of these two men's career as we get to talk about this one and a lot of cool stuff in this build. Very excited to get to this match and cover it, man. Oh, me too, man. I'm stoked. Like I said, I keep saying I beat a dead horse here, but I, I cannot, could not remember how we got from War Rumble to Mania. I'm excited to see what happens, especially now going back and digging into this stuff, just seeing how we're getting from Hakishi to, to Triple H, basically. Because um, I do love this match we're about to cover next week. It's the, it's the forgotten Triple H Undertaker, you know, WrestleMania match. Because remember when they did the 2011 and 12 matches, they barely ever brought this one up. So Oh, yeah. Um, acted like it never happened. Yeah, but um, I'm excited, man. And I just got, I got a couple words I like to say. I like to say, let's get to the chopper. <laughs> Sorry. So <it's> <sighs> How have I not used that yet? I don't know. What, if, gonna... what if Undertaker said that to Kane when they were getting ready to leave? Get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> and they came out together and rode in the sidecar with a helmet. It'd be great. It would be. It'd be great. We're... Different kind of chopper, but it'd be great, man. We're Missed the... opportunities. We're putting the dad joke counter on next week's episode. We got the blood tracker. We're putting the dad joke <laughs> tracker on next week's episode. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I'll see if I can uh, oblige. But yeah, yeah. No, keep them coming. Uh, uh, we want to hear what you think, guys. We want to hear your Undertaker dad jokes. We want to hear all your feedback and commentary. We loved it last that, week. That's a sitcom, Undertaker's dad jokes. <laughs> Just the Undertaker telling dad jokes. I'd watch that's it. Be a, that's a, a network YouTube. special. Yeah, should be, man. Taker's um, dad jokes. Hit us up, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Talking Taker on all of those platforms. And, of course, all our different podcast platforms. Please subscribe. Please leave a rating please leave us some feedback on all that good stuff it helps it helps promote us it helps get us out there and that's the biggest most important thing you can do to help spread the word let people know you're listening let people know you enjoy it share it with others let's help this community of creatures of the night grow as we keep on rolling 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 into the last ride and of course if you want to support us monetarily you can pick up that beautiful talk and taker t-shirt Taker Easy t-shirt, Biker Taker Guy t-shirt over at tpublic.com. Just search for Talking Taker over there. Uh, send us a picture when you got one on. Let us see you wearing it out there. We know a few of you creatures have supported the show and gotten some of those. So let us see it. Uh, show your Undertaker pride out there wearing that. We love it and we love all you guys and we thank you for listening every single week. It's been a blast and looking forward to next week. Next week we're hitting up. It's the greatest WrestleMania of all time. It's going to be a big show. A big, big show. So, and until we get to that, we got two words for you. Take her easy. I can't believe this. We have to face Taker and Kane again? What is this, like the 475th consecutive time? I tell you what, I'm not taking that last ride again. That's the last time I sucked that paintsicle. And what's up with Kane? I mean, we hit him with the concerto on Monday night. He's already getting up. Nobody gets up that quick after the concerto. 
I mean, what is he, some kind of big red machine? <laughs>